0: This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts Sam and Charlene and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of
1: crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down.
0: Hashtag no judges. This week on the Great Equalizer, Sam gets called into the principal's office. Charlene is the picture of patience, and we talk local children's books ahead of the festive season.
1: Hello. Hello, how
0: was your weekend? Oh, it was busy. It was busy, and um, we had our birthday party. We had our birthday party, and I didn't feel so good on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> I, it was so nice to have some listeners there, friends, family. It was really great. Fun. Celebrating, glad, having glad a good Glad we decided cry. to do it. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I'm not convinced that the tequila was as good of an idea? <laughs> no,
1: it wasn't. But hey, <laughs> who cares? What's a celebration without some tequila?
0: Mm, you're, uh, not a hangover the next morning. Hey, <laughs> <is. laughs> I had tequila. My hangover was fine. I don't <laughs> know, know how. I don't know what I you I don't know did. either.
1: It was some miracle. Listen, know. why were you in the principal's office?
0: Right. Yeah, this is a, this is a story. I'm going to keep it short. But basically, we all know I'm the home stretch of Ray being away, we are in week eight. seven. Well, we're in week eight of yes. eight. true, yes. So he gets back a week from today. Can you
1: believe it?
0: Yeah. I'm I'm just going to. Yes. That's what I'm going to do. Exactly. You survived. I survived. You've,
1: you had your ups and your downs, but you're here.
0: But, you know, in um, keeping with our self-care way of, of doing things and just being kind to ourselves mm-hmm. and, and all of that. Uh, there are some things that I just let like I lowered my standards.
1: Yeah, a as a coping mechanism, of course. Because yeah. Because there's only so much you can cope with.
0: And I mean, two months ago, when Ray left, Elijah had really started testing boundaries and was obviously acting out as well. And. I had to set up reward charts and everything like that. And basically, um, mornings are a shit show. All mom's mornings are a shit show. And mornings at my house were a shit show. And I made the decision early on in Ray's absence that um, Elijah is two and I'm not going to have him at school at eight o'clock. Morning ring is at nine. And so I'll have him there at least before morning ring. Mm. So there's free play before that, so we take our time and we are friends. By yeah, the time you don't he argue about everything
1: school. because at least you, there's no rush, there's, there's no constant pushback.
0: Yeah, I don't have a, a job that I need to go to. Mm. I work for myself, and so um, that didn't really resonate well with the school. I don't. Think. <laughs> <laughs> but why? <laughs> He's there
1: before morning ring. He's there before morning ring. Before the work starts, but essentially. What's he
0: missing? Playtime. He's missing playtime. And according to his principal, who was really lovely about it, she, uh, he's missing crucial one-on-one time with his peers okay. and uh, socialization. Okay. And you know what? She just caught me at a moment. I'm not, I wasn't going to argue. She, you know when somebody looks at you and you're at a low point and they say, are you okay? Mm. And the waterworks start. Uh huh. Well, that's what happened. And so the rest is history. She asked me, am I okay? How am I doing? Am I coping without my husband? And I burst into tears and told her that it's hard. And she told me that she thinks it's um, not great for Elijah not to have that one-on-one time with his peers. And there's a lot that I could argue, like the fact that he's there for two and a half hours longer in the afternoon. Yeah, let me
1: not get into it. <laughs> but anyway, okay.
0: So um, so that was that, That right. was that. And I felt bad and kind of committed to have him there earlier. Earlier. But I realized that that's not, it's still it's, not going to happen. Yeah.
1: So good for you. Good for you.
0: And Ray's coming back in less than a week now or in a week now. And then he'll be on time. So yes. for two months, Elijah hasn't been on time. But from next week, he will be. And the next time Ray's away, I'll make more of an effort or things will be different in my house.
1: Well, maybe that's just how it'll be. When Ray's not yet, that's the time he'll be at school. And when he is, it'll be a different time. That's that.
0: So you know what I'm doing? I'm putting it down to my bombing at momming.
1: I was just going to say, so since you're such a cuck mom, do you even have a bombing at momming moment? Well, that was, you know what?
0: (laughs) Getting called into the principal's office and realizing that I don't have to do what she's asked me to do. Yes. And I'm not rebelling or trying to make their life more difficult. Mm. If she said that I'd disrupt the whole class, that'd be a, a different, different story. story. But you
1: also know your kids, Sam. Maybe yeah. he's just a loner.
0: I he definitely is not as outgoing and gregarious as some of the other kids. It is part of his personality, and I'm not putting that down to the fact that he misses 45 minutes of one-on-one time in the mornings. Mm. Uh, it's, I, I don't think my gut feel says it's not that, mm. but the principal disagrees. But
1: That's her prerogative.
0: I, it's her prerogative, and I was not in the position, obviously, with all of the snort and trana coming out mm. of my face. To even
1: try and get into that. So I didn't. Well, yes. Great bombing at momming moment. Good for you to for rising above and not taking it on you like upon yourself to be like I'm such a shit moment. Look at the situation, assess it, take the information, and move forward. Yeah. Good for you.
0: I don't owe anyone an explanation. No, exactly. Really. So, and she means well, actually. Obviously,
1: it's good to know that they are that observant and that they are paying in among so many children that they are paying attention to each individual child. Great reassuring that that is the right school choice for you.
0: So I'm not ignoring it completely, exactly. but I'm not in this last week. If he's there on time, he's there on time. If yes. not, so be it. Exactly. Um, and another, then another good thing I did, which kind of ties into my bad mom moment. So my bombing at bombing was, I was making the bed and a moorsha, like a wolf spider came out of the sheets.
1: You're joking.
0: No. And you know what I did? I called Elijah, showed him the spider, got holy got shit. the spider onto a pillow, <laughs> Oh my God And released it outside. And I saw one of our um loyal listeners and did the same thing this weekend. so kudos to you, Mom. I know how scary that is. Oh my <laughs> goodness! I did not show my fear. I um yeah, but I was shitting myself. That said, I did kill a different spider when Elijah wasn't looking. <laughs> I was just like, "Fuck, this shit. I'm not, es- I'm not escorting that one out the house. This one's being squished."
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good for you.
0: And then bad mom, bad mom moment. We were get, we were trying on Halloween costumes at a costume shop. Mm. Elijah would refuse to get into any. And, okay, so Halloween will be over by the time this episode is, But it is tomorrow. And mommy gets to wear a witch costume, like Room on the Broom. Uh. Um, yeah, I guess my true colors are showing. Yeah. <laughs> Mom's a witch again this year. <laughs> and Elijah refused everything. He wanted initially to be a scary pumpkin. Well, there was no scary pumpkin. And we went through all the different characters at the shop and he refused and so um, we down to Blippi. Right. I had a Blippi hat made for him. Nice. <laughs> That's <laughs> cute. He loves Blippi. He loves Blippi and he's got his Blippi glasses. So hopefully tomorrow he'll put them on with his Blippi shirt and he'll be Blippi. But okay, so um, the spot the spider moment was I got decorations. We're doing a trunk or treat and I've got to decorate my boots oh, to okay. take to the park and that's I'll be serving sweets Out of the Boots. Out of the boots okay. to the neighborhood kids. Yes. And everybody has their own decorated trunk and that's how they'll be serving Yes. And you go trick or treating from boot to boot, boot to boot, boot, boot to boot. Yes. So I got a spider this big. Okay, so (laughs) about like the size of the centimeters, okay, yes, and it's big and hairy. And Elijah was, you know, kids. are initially they're just like, oh, what is that? And and you, you say it's not real. It's fine. And I, I said, come and look at it. You can rub it. It's, it's, you know. And I kept it still in my hand. And as he reached out to touch it... Oh,
1: no, mom. That's <laughs> <I did>. naughty.
0: <laughs> no. Why did you do that? I don't know. It was terrible of me. And he got a huge fright. You scared him I with went, it. D-! how's he supposed I to him trust him you if you say that <laughs> it note was shit of me? And I felt bad. <laughs> so, so it's my bad mom Listen moment. to me
1: here judging you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag no judges, Sholly. Well, that's
0: okay. It's my, uh, it's my bad my mom moment. So, so tell me um how you are bombing at mumming
1: well i'm hormonal and for the most part i'm always shouting and whatever but i'd say my bombing at mumming is probably that as as angry as i've been i've been I've I've exuded a lot more patience than I felt I was capable of. So that's what I'm saying about that. I've nothing more to say other than you should be glad I'm not ripping your head off and stomping on it. And you've just so taken
0: the deep breaths I've, and counted to ten yes, and it's worked. I feel like I, I have
1: managed. I'm grateful to Red's support because he does help with um with he knows when i'm at my moments so but it, it hasn't been as bad i've been feeling very irritable but i haven't acted on it so well, i think that's then. where i have
0: you are bombing at mommy
1: some positive over there and then my bad mom moment you won't believe it sam my kid as old as she is jc and we're like about to start potty training i managed to allow her to get the worst nappy rash i've ever seen on a kid Oh, yeah, like fuck. a crust of burnt red skin so much so that she didn't want to get in the bath you couldn't touch it because she was screeching so much in pain and then finally got it healed after medicine and everything and I can still see like dry skin almost like peeling dry skin from where how badly she had that nappy rash I don't know how I d- how it happened it was one nappy That burnt her that badly and now it's all, I felt so shit about it. I'm sorry. What can you do? So if there's any
0: moms listening that are in the same boat, what did you use on it?
1: I, well, I tried a whole bunch of things, but I went, finally went to the chemist and with tears in my eyes said to him, I need some miracle nappy rash concoction, what have you got? And so he combined five ointments, um, one was a cortisone cream, one was a, a antihistamine, a local anesthetic, uh, and then there was oh uh, the, a vaginal uh, cr- cream for thrush, and then One other one, which I'm not sure, I can't remember what that was, so that's not very helpful, sorry, but that's what they did.
0: But that's cool. It's good to know that you can go to a chemist and Mm. have a concoction made. Mm, Okay. Well, look, you know, we've been doing a lot wrong. I have not been the picture of patients (laughs) as as you have been. I really shouted uh, and have been shouting at Elijah. I'm clearly in the last week of... (laughs) Yeah, clearly on the home stretch. I'm on the home stretch. Um... But one thing I've been doing right, despite all my downsides, is we still um, stop to read a book before bed every night. So how has your reading been going this week? I think this week. This year, sorry, this
1: year. For the most part, we read well. Um, We every night go to bed reading a story. Um, Josh has just, the last two weeks, been like, can I rather watch 10 minutes of iPad rather than reading a book?
0: And he's happy just with 10 minutes.
1: I say to him, it's fine. I'll set the timer even though screen time before bed, I'm sure people out there are cringing, thinking, oh my God, well, that's what's fucking happening in my house, people. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen if you don't like it. <laughs> and so um, he, then I set the time on my phone when the alarm goes off, whether he's in the middle of the program or not. And Stop. he's chilled. He exactly. knows. He knows if he if he protests, then we won't watch iPad again. So that's that. And then Jessie, I've started um uh reading to her. She has never really been interested in books. But Well now's the right the age. Last, now it's a The nice last time. two months I've been starting to and now when she wakes up in the middle of the night still for a bottle, she's like, Mommy, book Book because for her her sleep routine is my milk my bottle my mommy my book or my daddy my book you know so and then I have to bring the book so she can hold it while she drinks her milk and then she says doo doo thank you mommy and then we doo doo it's
0: really cute okay well the reason I'm asking you about your your reading habits this year um, is because last year this time we spoke about some of, some of our favorite local children's authors. And ahead of the festive season, I'd like to revisit that. So, shall we? So I think we should get straight into it. As with last year, we've got some amazing, um, all women, oh, women again this time. Not that we are, you know, making against it or
1: listening to or, or featuring or uh, books written authors, by male, yeah.
0: But a lot of um, the kids' books written by South African authors are are happen to be written by women, and of course we've got our. Our good friend, Philippa Marassi, who has just been sailing with her series of um, My Feeling Friends books. Last year we featured Sammy the Starfish, and there are two more and one in the works. So why don't you detail those for us, Charlene?
1: Yeah, so those who have listened, who did listen to our episode last year, um, or who went back to that episode, or if you had to have uh, uh managed to catch it. Um, this, this My Feeling Friends series is all about dealing with difficult emotions or any kind of emotions, how to identify them, how to navigate them and how to overcome them or cope better with them. Um, Sammy the Starfish, not to digress or to go back into too much detail, but that's all about uh, sometimes feeling sad and what you can do to feel better and do for others to help them feel better. So then the next lot in the series, the next one that was released was Bella the Bunny. And um, I couldn't wait to get my, my hands on that and to sink into it. And um, uh, I, the reason why I love the, the My Feeling Friends series of books is just because I have a very emotional kid. And one of the things that I really wanted to achieve with my kids is to help them um, be in touch with their emotions, first of all. And second of all, if they are overwhelmed by their emotions, to be able to identify them and to, to be able to cope with them in some way and it's hard for me to I'm not sure how to teach them that and that these books have really helped us helped us do that so so Sammy deals with sadness sadness yes so Bella so Bella the bunny <laughs> shame she's really um, a, a happy little ray of sunshine and so um, she's always hopping and skipping and jumping and so she encounters a friend Bentley who's feeling a little bit down and a little bit sad and Bentley can't see any positives in the world he's really down he's very negative and whatever so Bella helps Bentley see the joy and find the joy and so she highlights um the things that are positive around him and she helps him see that or helps him look for what's in the world that can make you find your happiness and so it's not only about um uh, how, when you're feeling sad, how to feel better, but how to help others get out of like a black hole, essentially. If, you, if you're feeling grumpy and sad, because we don't all feel the same way every day. And sometimes, first of all, it's to be compassionate towards those who mm. are who are feeling down. And secondly, to understand that um, sometimes somebody might just be having a bad day. And maybe if you highlight the the sun and the clouds and the beautiful butterflies and the birds and the whatever... You can find your your happiness to ensue your angry face, and it'll feel angry face will go away, and it'll feel like the dark clouds are lifting
0: and we all know people who are like that, hey it's
1: true, and yeah. Phil
0: the author is one of those people exactly. who find the positive in in everything, and what's really cool
1: about at the end of Bella uh, uh the Bunny's book there's a uh, a little bit of an exercise that you can do with your kid that says, are you having a Bentley day? And so then it's a little bit of a recap of the book and what a Bentley day means and how you can fix your Bentley day or fix your mood uh, in in essence. Yes, so
0: how can I fix? Okay, so wh- how can I fix my Bentley day? Because I'm having onesie day.
1: <laughs> Stop what you're doing. The tip from the book <laughs> and try and find something around you that makes you smile. It can be a little rock, a funny shaped cloud, or the teeniest grain of sand you can find. So it's about finding the positives in life. In theory, um, it is not always a walk in the park, and it's not always that easy. But it is um, small things, little steps at a time that can help you get there. So, yeah, it's um, one of our favorites Bella the Bunny. Then the next one in the series is uh, Fred the Fox. So, again, dealing with uh, emotions, Fred the Fox feels different and like he doesn't fit in, and he isn't really sure where he
0: fits in. Which um, if that's your if kid, at all. that's hard. Yes. Yeah, how do you explain that?
1: Because also, I mean, you can keep saying that you're in, unique in your own way and it's fine and not everybody's the same and whatever. But you can't change but how, you how change that makes you feel. Yeah. And so, um, what this book teaches is it's firstly okay to feel different different and like you don't fit in because you're not always going to fit into every crowd but not to downplay those feelings um if that's how you feel, the way you can try and overcome that is to realize that you can't be the only one in the world that feels like that. There are other people that feel just like you. Mm. So a be- a nice way or an easy way to deal with that is to look around and observe, to see which of your friends at school or in your playgroup or wherever you are, to identify if you can see somebody who seems um, subdued isolated and just keeping to themselves because chances are they probably also feel like they don't fit in and it might actually be making them a little bit sad so Fred endeavors off to go and find somebody that he sees and he identifies Bonnie the bear and she seems quite sad and reserved and he starts talking to her and he starts to get to know her and she's quite surprised because why are you even talking to me I'm not even that nice looking I'm not even that interesting why do you even want to be my friend and the fact that Fred has reached out to her they get to know each other and they find um, they find a, a, a joint friendship or great friendship in the fact that they have that a feeling of isolation mm. in common. And at the end of the day, they grow to be the strongest and bestest of friends. And then again, at the end of the book, it says, do you sometimes feel different from other people? And does this make you feel lonely? And then it says, it's okay to be different. And it goes on to explain, remember that you are the best you there is. Think of three things you like about yourself. Are you kind? Are you happy or friendly? Are you a good brother or sister? Do you have pretty eyes or strong legs? Do you give great hugs. So it's about focusing on whether you don't feel like you fit in. Everybody has winning qualities about themselves. And there's always somebody out there that feels just like you. So to identify with that friend. And then again, at the back of the book, it gives you the tools, um, a summary of the learnings from the book, and then the tools to help cope with when you feel that way, and it, it it refers to snippets from the book, like the trees and the leaves, and and when they sat having when they sat and they were fishing, it it takes snippets from the scenarios in the book that you can identify with or to help you identify with oh, your man. own situation.
0: Yeah, I love it. Well done, Phil. Okay, so um, hot off the press. There's another one in the works. Yes, Sophia the Squirrel. And what, what emotion does that
1: deal so with? So that deals with anxiety. I'm really excited about this one because Josh is not only a very emotional kid, but he is, and I suppose it's par for the course. If you're an emotional kid, you're going to probably deal with some level of anxiety. But I've just recently noticed that he is super anxious like scared when it starts getting dark, like he almost hyperventilates. And I've been, I don't want to discount it. All I can do is keep saying to him, there's nothing to be scared of. Don't be scared. But that's me discounting his feelings and I don't know what to do. So having read this book and I can't wait to get it to read to him. I am also a little bit nervous because he's so fearful In the beginning of the book, there's talk of um, uh, Sophia the squirrel who hears a loud noise outside and she's really scared because she thinks it's a monster coming for her. And um, it explains her emotions and how she feels and that it's making her um, filled with dread. And she's turned cold and sweaty and her heart's filled with fear. And she tries to hide under her bed and cover her ears, which is such a good explanation of that anxiety-stricken feeling, which I love because it also helps kids identify what they're feeling when they're feeling Anxiety. Because if you can't identify what anxiety is, how do you explain it? No, you a know? lot of
0: adults don't even know how exactly. to do that. Exactly. And yeah. also
1: the fact that they, they can know now that it's okay. So the book carries on talking about what she imagines it is. Um, she thinks it's a monster and the feelings are just so overwhelming. She doesn't know if she can cope. Um, she's frozen with terror and it feels like it's coming for her. And then a little voice in her head tells her, but you are are just a strong little squirrel you're feisty and red and even though your knees might feel weak and your your breath might be a little bit shaky you have the strength within you to face anything and deal with anything okay so she thinks to herself okay you're right and I'm gonna be brave and give it a go So in the end, um, she confronts her fear, and she finds what's outside is actually something not to be scared of at all. It's just another little friend who happens to be a very non-intimidating little mouse that she ends up befriending. And he admires her um, her strength for uh, coming out because coming out to see what the noise was. And he says to her, "But I hope I didn't scare you." So she says, "I was quite scared." And he says to her. But if you were scared, you must be really brave, because how did you come out and look at what, or to face your fear, to see what was outside? And she said, well, it was all make-believe. I was pretending that I wasn't scared, and that I was actually (laughs) strong, and I was a strong soldier, (laughs) and so um, I came out, and that's when I saw it was you, and so they go on to enjoy some snacks and become friends, and then again at the end of the book, it talks about what you can do to try and overcome your fears, what you can imagine, make believe, convince yourself that you're strong, or start thinking about the thing that makes you feel scared in a funny way. Like if you're scared of crocodiles, try to think it would be really funny if a crocodile slipped on a banana peel or something like that. Try and make fun of your fears. Like you're trying to say to someone that's scared of talking in front of crowds, imagine them all naked. This is kind of what you're trying to, to teach them how to deal with their anxiety.
0: Sure. Well done, Philip. This yeah. is. I, yeah, I love these books.
1: Um, I really enjoy them. Yeah. They're very beautifully illustrated, very cute, and um, they have a nice message. And what I love most about it, aside from the message, is um, that it also gives you the tools to learn how to cope with it's not just a message to say you don't have to be anxious it's a message to say it's okay to be anxious if you are anxious what can we do to help overcome that
0: and i love um using books as a way to teach our kids and that um that's all of our local authors have been doing with all of these books that we're featuring so you, you speak about the um beautiful illustrations in exactly. the my yes. feeling friends series yes. and um, as you know, we, we love the illustrator, Megan Andrews. Yes. Who...
1: Also happens to be an author
0: herself. Exactly. Last year we featured Henry. Yes. Henry the dragon who grew too big for his teacup home.
1: And I still love reading that book to Josh and I'm now reading it to Jess and she is just so intrigued by it.
0: These pictures are beautiful. We don't have to rehash Henry, but I have to tell you that Elijah the other day said, Mommy, I want to read the dragon book. And I said, Oh, Zog. Because that's the Julia Donaldson book, yes. and 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 he said no 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 the other one, and I was like uh, Zog and the Flying Doctors, and I named all of the books that we have with dragons. There are quite a few. And he's like, no, no, no. And eventually Henry came out and he's like, yes, that one. And Henry was the favorite for three nights in a row. In a row. Yeah. And I, I remember was like, how could I forget it? Of course. Oh,
1: man, I remember when I first started reading it to Josh, he used to say, look at the dragon's. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I have a frog in my throat. He didn't say that. I said that. <laughs> he would say, look at the dragon's tail-o. <laughs> a tail, o na- Because tail, tail, lail, whale, those all ended with an O. Wailo, nailo, tail. So uh, that was just so. Cute anyway, so Megan has she's got another one, yes, she's got another one for us, and it's called L M N O P. I just love that title, it's really cute. But, um, what it basically is is an alphabet picture book, and it is so beautifully illustrated. Um, Aside from the beautiful illustrations, it is literally taking your child through the alphabet. Um, A is for alligator, B is for bear, but the way the alligator's uh, illustrated, the bear, how it's illustrated. And what I love about it is it's for like Jesse, who's really young and only starting to make the association with the b sound in the bear, um, And even being able to identify what a bear is or what a crocodile is, this is the perfect book for her. Josh, on the other hand... Would love this book as well because he's already starting to learn now. Learn his alphabet. He can say the alphabet, and that
0: letters make up your name, and that each letter stands for something
1: else. Exactly. So when I page through the book, I'll be like, "Ooh, what is this?" He'll be, "It's a bear." I'm like, "And what is that letter?" He'll be like, "B." But and then on the on the B page where it's B for bear, there's also bees zooming around the bear's head, which is really cute. And then Josh can also and then. What I would normally do in an alphabet book with him is I would let him identify other things that start with B. So, for example, on the page, there's also bees. Or I would let him explore it and and notice, hey, mommy, look, there's also bees. is also for B and for bear or balloon because she's holding a balloon oh, in cute. her hand. Yeah. So there's it's it's about the discovery of the B items on the page. And so, yeah, it just goes through the alphabet and then right to the very end, ice cream, J is, J is for jellyfish and L is for lion and right to the very end what i really like it, it, it uh, like on the back of the cover of the book is learning your alphabet with a l m n o p is easy as your abc's <laughs> <laughs> which i really found <laughs> to be a very cute closing line
0: listen this is an don't you think this is a great baby shower gift
1: i love it yeah, like a first you, book for, for a, a baby book f- it's yeah. really and good it will
0: last you right
1: up into the toddlerhood when they're starting to learn the alphabet yeah so
0: yeah i really love it well, listen, I mean, I actually think all of these books could, could be great um, gifts, gifts yeah. and, and that's why we're doing this so ahead of the festive season. So I've also been uh, put into touch with another local author, a new one, uh, Nicola Obertek. Well, she's not new in life. She's um, mm-hmm. a, a teacher and uh, a foundation phase teacher and an artist by trade, and um recently wrote and illustrated Emmy's Sawtooth, which is our next uh, featured book, dedicated to her little girls, Jamie and Isabella. Okay. So, okay, this is an African-themed book, which... I must say, all the books from here on that we're going to be showcasing are Africa themed, which I love about our local authors because yes. I mean, this is where we live. It's you know? really
1: nice that we're introducing that to our kids, like yeah. that real local spirit. Yes, exactly. Mm.
0: So Elijah, I mean, Elijah talks about where's my glasses because he, <laughs> he sees it on the television he sees or it on hears the it, yeah. TV and I say, don't say glasses, say glasses, and yeah. I'll only give it to him if he says glasses because yes. I'm just like, you know. American. American, yes. Yeah. Say it like like you learn it, you know. Mm. And but here, okay, that's just my little <laughs> <laughs> uh rant about accent. But um yeah, I, I love these local books. I love that they're African themed. And so this um, you know, has to do with African fairies.
1: Okay. And
0: so these two African fairies, Kanye and Yoni, are problem solvers in the African bushveld. Um, and because it's fairies, it'll obviously appeal to young girls, but I don't know, Elijah will definitely get into it as well. And it can be used to highlight, you know, dental hygiene, because uh-huh. what they do is, there's an, it's Emi's sore tooth. So, Emi, the hippopotamus, he has a sore tooth. And um, he's got algae and shit lodged in there. <laughs> okay. And so, I mean, you can use that as a teaching moment, yes. but basically, then it incorporates some problem solving skills and Kanye and Yoni. Um, the African ferries uh, deal with with the hippopotamuses' sawtooth. So there's also like a nest of baby um, oxpeckers who have lost their mommy. And as we know, as adults, oxpeckers and hippo, hippopotamuses? hippopot is it hippopotami? Hippopotamuses?
1: Uh, I have no idea what the plural is for.
0: Hippo. I think it's hippos, hippos, Hippo. Let's just say hippos. Yes. I think it's hippopotami. <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> you go with that. That's hilarious.
0: Or hippos, hippos. They have a codependent relationship. Yes, the oxpeckers uh, pick the food out of the the hippo's teeth. Yes. And so um, the little oxpeckers who have lost their mom, the one fairy is dealing with them, and the other fairy is dealing with Emmy the hippo who has a sore tooth because of all of this junk in its mouth, in his mouth. And then um, the oxpeckers come and relieve, or the, um, Yoni brings the oxpeckers to the hippo's mouth, Emmy's mouth, and puts them in there. And solves the problem. Okay, and that's and, cute. And Emmy takes her spot as the the prominent um, animal that she is. In or that in he? That, or is he, it a or he? he. I, don't, I don't know. I must review it. Okay, either a he or a she. But I mean, semantics. <laughs> semant- sheer <laughs> semantics, yes. my friend. That's um, so cute. That's and a really cute story.
1: I love that it's authentic mm. and that it is. Um, like a, a relevant relationship between a hippo and other animals that um that are there for a reason like the the uh, relationship between the birds and the hippos that you were just explaining exactly
0: this codependent relationship yes. so there's a lot of teachables there but then you're also simulating the imagination with the african fairies and all of that so it's not this didactic i'm teaching you a lesson mm. on hygiene and um you know biology and and you know the animal kingdom. I'm um, incorporating um, your kids' imagination. So, mm. oh yeah, what it's, a cute it's a story! I love time. the names also. Yes, imi, Kanye, yoni. So, um, that's why I like the diversity that it's bringing in yes. into the story. Um, also self published and available online um, from Nixpixza. Um, we're going to put all our listeners in touch to um, let them know where they can get their hands on the books yeah so don't worry you don't have to sit with a pen and paper we're going to put you guys in touch so that if you're keen on one book in particular or a series then um, we'll let you know where they're available yeah, we've, and so moving on from there, but also sticking within the animal kingdom, mm-hmm. there is um, the little safari series of books, which was also launched this year. Okay. And these are super cute. So um, written by Karin Lekranger, these books are perfect for little ones who love local animals, South African animals. Um, and you know what I find um, particularly... Cool about these Africa-focused books is that um, for families who have immigrated. So, as you know, yes. I've got my friend who lives in the UK, and her little boys are growing up. To send there. that as a
1: gift, yeah. Mm. So,
0: and written, it's it's almost more special when it's written by actual South Africans. Yeah. You know, so the elephants itchy deals with. Um, the Grey Lurie, the go-away bird. Okay. The go-away bird attempts to rescue the stubborn elephant from an itchy, um, horrible itch, but um, is overlooked due to her small size. Okay. And then the next one in the series is the Dancing Dung Beetle about Rosie the Dung Beetle who just loves to dance and realizes that doing what you love and following your heart are much more important um, than caring about what other creatures say about you. Oh, that's a nice message also. Super nice. So I've got um, the Dancing Dung Beetle in front of me and I just want to, you know, just so you get a feel for for what it sounds like. So it starts off, um, Rosie the Dung Beetle just loved to dance. She could cha-cha or rumba if she got a half a chance. On the top of her dung ball, she would turn left and right until the direction of home was inside. sight. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. And also just beautifully, beautifully illustrated. Um, The next one in the series, which I haven't gotten a look at, but I can't wait to get my hands on it, is uh, More Than a Roar about Elembe the leopard, um, who adopts an abandoned cheetah cub and shows him that he is more than he assumes. Um, He cannot roar like his new family, but he has so many other amazing talents. And I love this because it's almost a heartwarming story about adoption and celebrating not only mothers and different types of motherhood, which, you know, we celebrate on this show. Um but also self acceptance. Yes. So yeah, congrats. Little Safari Books, author's pages on Facebook and um we'll again put everybody in touch.
1: That's nice. With
0: with little safari books. Also, so I mean I have to just say something about these books
1: and, and what they're priced at. It's, it's so reasonable. Right.
0: I Nothing mean, ever over two hundred no. or even over like one fifty. Exactly. It's really great. Yeah. I I'm I'm proudly South African when I look at what mm, these authors mm. have accomplished, I've gotta say. Yeah. So what um, else have you got? Okay. Remember last year we showcased Tina Scottford's A Frog and a Whale and a Princess
1: Tale? Yes, you loved that, that one. So I remember cute. it, yes. So uh,
0: Tina Scottford um, has a signature rhyming style. and um, So Frog and a Whale and a Princess Tale was about the quirky comical frog who was on a quest to find a princess whose magical kiss would transform him into a man. And he meets all these dangerous sea creatures along his journey and cleverly outwits all of them. Um, and Table Mountain is in the background. The book, but um, you know, the book will appeal to everybody. Mm-hmm. But still, it's like got that South African flavour that, yes. that we love yes. so much. Wow, well, Tina's um, come across uh, what well, Tina, I've come across Tina's next book, um, Frog's Magical Ring in the Platter Club Spring, <laughs> which also features yes.
1: um, local yo, landmark. Type, well, Table Mountain yes. features
0: again, and it's again Frog. Wants to find a magical ring for a particular purpose, and um, yeah, comes across all of these different characters, and it's it's so it's very much like if you like the Gruffalo, mm. and I mean that's a a modern classic. We all love the Gruffalo. Our kids all love the Gruffalo. It is a an ac- iconic book, the iconic children's book of our generation. Yes, so Tina's books remind me of the graphalo but with a very local flavor that's nice so um also just going on a journey and i think uh, the journey mirrors itself so that you head the frog heads to platter club spring and comes across all of these obstacles to find the magical ring and then finds the magical ring but then has to get back Lord of the Rings style.
1: Okay, right.
0: Back home. And then something else happens. happens. He, meets a, he meets a lady frog. And yes. I mean, it's I was super It's very intriguing
1: because you are, I can imagine you're reading it. And as a little kid, you, I mean, I read a story the other night and I was just like, um, to Josh, I can't even remember what story it Oh, it was a. a f- Finding Dory uh, book. And I have, have, I'm ashamed to say, have not seen the movie. And so I was reading the book to Josh, yeah. I was reading the book to Josh and I was like, this is quite a long book, so we're going to have to like break it up into snippets and read tomorrow night and tomorrow night and tomorrow night. But I couldn't wait for tomorrow night because I wanted to see what happens in the next thought. So I imagine this book to be the same way.
0: What I think is... What I would imagine is, now I'm not a foundation phase teacher, but I would imagine that this structure, as you were anticipating, what's going to happen? I don't know. Mm. I would imagine that this type of structure sits in our child's brain as well and kind of lets them look forward to what's happening next, Mm. but then also… Allowing them to imagine what the possible outcomes could be. Yes. So it really stimulates their mind to… With creative thinking, I imagine. Uh, yeah. Mm. So, I, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Like I say, I'm not a foundation-based teacher. so I are talking shit. But I would say that the structure mirrors the Graffalo. And I think that there is a formula there that is a winning formula. And Tina, I wouldn't do a thing different. As um, we always say, the illustrations of these books are just amazing. Mm. And I still haven't gotten the pronunciation, even from last year's episode, of the illustrator, but it's Olivier Vallette all oh, right olivia Vallette, olivia me. olivia
1: Do Olivia you t at
0: the end i don't know maybe it's Villette or Villette. sorry olivia sorry olivia but um <laughs> <laughs> listen uh tina also for the older kids has a new chapter book um that is due to be released in october next year and i'm Super amped because my niece, uh, my youngest niece, will benefit from that. So for grade three and grade four learners. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 And it's um, yeah. So super looking forward to that. We um will obviously be looking at that when it comes out next year. We'd nice. love to stay in touch with Tina, but yeah. Nice. Um, I l- this local flavor is just yeah, it's no, m- look, it's um, it's r- it's my jam. Mm. It's up my alley, and um. You've got some
1: finds. I found, I came across a little one called Rosie's Traveling Tackies, uh-huh. um, which I absolutely love because Tackies is such a South African thing. I mean, growing up, there was a television program called Tackies. I don't know if you watched no. it, but I'm a bit older than you. No, I don't so, yes, that. There, there used to be a television program, like a, like a almost like a magazine show, like two presenters, and then they would have like people on the show. And yeah, Tackies, it was called Tackies in the 80s, late 80s. Um, Anyway, so um, Rosie's Traveling Tackies, very local, um, absolutely love it, features a lot of local places and it's all about Rosie who gets these tackies for her birthday from her grandpa and her and her grandpa, these tackies make you basically what is it? Not shapeshift, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? Travel. Get transported yes. to different yes. places through, it, it the, tra- tran- through yes. the magical tackies. It transports you from place to place. So they, they visit Table Mountain and Signal Hill and Robin Island and they talk about the baboons and then they go through all the different places and they um, see whales and they go to the wild coast and they see Nguni cattle at one location where they are. They go to Durban and have a bunny chow and they go to Jozini and they even end up in the Kruger National Park. And then in the end, Rosie falls asleep next to her grandfather and wakes up back at home.
0: So this particular book, spoiler alert for my friend coming from the UK, but your kids are getting this book because <laughs> It's all the major landmarks in, in South Africa. There's no cartoon there. Mm. But I know that this friend in particular, her husband always used to go fishing in jazini And mm. I think this will be a really special um, addition to their bookshelf. And I, I just love what these local authors are doing. We've got such a beautiful country. And yeah, Rosie's traveling, Taki's. Is uh, for sure on my um, my to be read list.
1: Also, beautifully colorful illustrations. It's absolutely. I mean, the Nguni cattle, the the lions, the rhino. It's absolutely. Absolutely. Who's lovely. it
0: written by? Charlene Melanie. Oh, yes,
1: Melanie uh, Rose. I can't pronounce it. Can you?
0: Oh heavens! <laughs> There's
1: a T and then an O.
0: Rosetstein. <laughs> Rosettenstein. Yeah. Rosettenstein. That's probably it. And
1: illustrated by Julie Donald. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful, I've enjoyed reading this one to Josh, and he, he he gets that like magical look in his eyes like where are they gonna go next, and how do these tackies do it and yeah, so really enjoyed that one um some other cool ones that I found also local flavor once upon a bush school, okay mm-hmm. um. I like this one because the message behind it um, is really cool. It talks about everybody being different in short. and talks about all the different characters and their strengths. Like, for example, Zanzele the Zebra. Um, She uh, is good with letters. It says here, Zanzele the Zebra is definitely better when it comes to the skill of writing a letter. Um, whether using a pen or a painting brush, Zanzele is careful making sure not to rush. Uh, I like the rhyme in it. It's really cute. And it talks about each animal being different and that they, everybody has their own skill um, and what makes them good at it. And then what I also like at the end is there's extra learning activities in the book that you could do with your kids. So you can talk about what, almost like a comprehension test at the back oh. of the book. So what, why did they give Zanzele? and the owl, the job of designing the poster. And then you obviously have to say, oh, because their strengths were X, Y, and Z. And then um, how many ants can you find? How many ants were there in the book? And why does the teacher say this? And whatever. And then the the overriding message for me is that the school rules are always do your best. The school, this uh, Once Upon a Bush school, their rules are always do your best. Be yourself. Care for others and don't be jealous.
0: <laughs> oh, so don't be
1: jealous if somebody else does something better than you because you have another skill that they might not possess. Yeah. And yeah, so that's The so Once a
0: Upon a Bush school was written by Joy Hester. Husted, Husted eh?
1: yes. Illustrated by Grace McGibbon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you got one more there. Oh, right. Charlie Eats a Rainbow, which is a nice one for me because I'm such a terrible eating child. And so <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, I have to tell you, I read this book to Josh. i read it to him several times. Um, but when I, uh, he remembers the message so well because last night when he went to bed, his toenail was uh, uh, like splitting. And so... Rhett had to clip it before you could go to bed because it was hooking on the duvet and whatever. (laughs) And so Rhett says to him that, you see, that's why it's important to eat a rainbow because all the different vegetables and things that you eat give you calcium and nutrients and all the things that you need. Strengthen your toenails. it strengthens your body and your bones and also your toenails. And Josh was just like, but I don't want to eat a rainbow because that means I have to eat broccoli. (laughs) I had to laugh because I think the last time we read this book was probably about three months ago. And he just it just sat with him like, oh my god, I'm gonna I have, have to, to eat broccoli. Eat broccoli
0: if I wanna be the superhero. <laughs> yes. kid I so, was always meant to be.
1: So basically this book was written by uh Karen Bishop. She's a registered dietitian and she's really passionate about nutrition. Education, And so, in short, um, Charlie has this really important bike race that he has to attend, but he wakes up with the flu. And so, he's worried that he might not be able to attend the race or partake in the race. Mm. And so, the message or the most important thing is that he needs rest and he needs to make sure that he eats a rainbow on his plate. So, make sure that the the items, the food, the vegetables and fruits that you have in your diet resembles a rainbow. And then it helps you identify... uh, What vegetables and what fruits are uh, what color, and how uh, it should be on your plate and resemble. A rainbow. So Charlie began to eat more colorful food and soon he noticed a change in his mood. The fruits and vegetables were obviously working. They were killing all the bugs that were lurking. And so soon he was back to his old self and he was able to attend the race and he finished strong and he is
0: healthy. Well, there you go. Well done, Karen Bishop. That's a, that's a great message and a, and a wonderful way to... To get it across. Okay, what are you showing? Then, you? Tips the, Yeah, so at the
1: back of the book, what I really like is tips for parents, how to get those fruit and vegetables in. Um, so you can go read through all of that. And then it also says, why don't you try and eat a rainbow every day? Then it has a green block, a purple block, an orange block, a or red block. And in those round circles, it tells you what vegetables and fruits uh like green ones. What are all the green ones you can eat? Apple, cucumber, peas, lettuce, spinach. So it helps you teach the kid identify those different vegetables and fruits that are good for you.
0: Yeah. Instead of going, this is good for you. You just must eat it. Yes. You yes. can put all Let's of those on to eat your kids. The rainbow. Yes. And when
1: we dish, we put the plate in front of them. We have spot green, this, and that's this, what those yeah. are. We have yellow, that's what those are. Yeah. So. We're, we're getting there it, it it did It look broccoli's obviously stuck with him it's not going to fly soon mm-hmm. but um he 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 asks me when he eats like a banana is banana part of the rainbow mm-hmm. so he's like, definitely yes. aware of it you know so that's good those are some good finds I that like. i that i found
0: okay so i've got two great local finds for 2019 and i yeah it's on my my hit list for gift giving i've actually given one of them the series away to a friend Um, to her little girl for her birthday. Yeah. um, But I'm going to first discuss this book, How Many Ways Can You Say Hello?, which was written by Rafilwe Mwakhloli. And I love it because it comes with a CD and Elijah adores that. All of his Julia Donaldson books.
1: Has a CD. um,
0: So Julia Donaldson is who wrote The Gruffalo and all of them come with a CD so he loves to listen to them in the car. So... I would so it's love the story
1: told on the CD? Yes. Uh-huh.
0: And it just stimulates that, um, you know, comprehension skill in them to, to listen. Mm, and mm. I, st- I see Elijah's already a much better listener, obviously, when he chooses to be. Mm. But um, he's already a much better listener than I was at his age or even at school. I lose track of things and I, you know, have a...
1: Yeah, that's something I need to work on with my kids now that when I... Yeah, I'm thinking in my head, Josh is... Concentration and listening skills, yeah. Elijah
0: pays attention in the car, mm. and this is what I love about how many ways you uh, can you say hello. Is it's um, we put it on in the car, and he, he listens to it. So basically, it's about this girl Sarah who starts at a new school, and um, she starts talking, or she has a look to all of her friends, and they say a variety of things like a yebo, a summer our shop shop. and she's like. Ms. Hubble, I'm having some trouble all around me. I hear languages I don't understand. And her teacher says, you know what? Um, Your homework for the first holiday this year is to see how many ways uh, you can say hello. So Sarah travels in a hot air balloon to all the different parts of South Africa. And um, the book takes us through all 11 um, official South African languages and That's she nice. collects new friends. I'm getting goofsies, Look at me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love that.
0: And then by the end of it, and I mean, I even am learning a lot because I'm learning 11 ways to say hello in all exactly. of our official languages.
1: That's nice. Oh, I want that one.
0: I it's wanna, really a nice I wanna one. I want to get that one. It's That's really nice. a nice one. Now, I have to say, I don't like picking favorites. <laughs> but I've, le- I've left my best for last. Okay. This was a find that was super special to me because it was one of our bad experience library days where Oh right? Elijah was making a, a noise in the library and I, I was remember that looks. I was talking in that episode
1: Fuck. about him, yeah.
0: And um, I had to choose a book and get out of there before I got any more dirty looks from people around me, and. I saw an owl, and I'm just like, he loves owls, so I'm just going to choose this book and get going. Yes. And I remember at the end of this, at the end of reading this book to Elijah for the first time, sorry, I'm just putting the book down, uh, Um, I remember getting tears in my eyes. Really? And so it's about this angry owl, and basically a storm gathered, and it's the worst storm in the world. And this angry owl is... I mean, look at his he face. He looks really angry, He looks yeah. pretty angry. But it's like you, you know that this owl does exist in nature. Like, you've seen proper pictures before. And so to put a name to it and be like, this is a really demurin owl. Owl, you know? yes, yeah. And he goes through this great storm, and there's lightning, and there's thunder, and there's even tiny snowflakes and balls of ice. So it starts hailing, and it's windy, and he's just demurin. And then at the end... And he's (laughs) soaking wet and he looks like a drowned (laughs) rat. And he says, well, it says, yeah. luckily it wasn't long before the storm began to roll away, but the clouds had one more surprise for Angry Owl. Beautiful colors began to shine through the clouds. He had never seen anything so beautiful. And it's a rainbow. And um, the last... Uh, line was, is and so the next time the clouds began to gather and the rain threatened to fall Angry Owl wasn't so angry because he knew that the greatest storms can have the best endings. Oh my goodness. And I think I was going through some some ish at the time and I was just like, you're right. <laughs> 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 oh, the a good ending. And I loved the book so much and it touched me so much I looked and I saw this is by a local author and it's Karen Ponzer who le- used to live in your neck of the woods but she's since moved okay. to the uh, coast and having a blast okay. on Instagram, guys. Check her out at the Ponzer tribe. But I did some digging and actually contacted Karen. This book is published by Random House Strake. Penguin Random House. Okay. And there are more in the Angry Owl series. There's a whole series of of Angry Owl books. Angry Owl finds a hobby. Angry Owl and his tree. And Angry Owl goes Goes swimming. swimming. That
1: cover is hilarious for Angry Owl. (laughs) Angry Owl has got (laughs) headgear. He's got like (laughs) goggles and a snorkel and little blow up. Like arm um, wings,
0: yeah, <laughs> on his wings. And what I love <laughs> about Angry Owl is it sticks to his personality. He's, he's so really pissed off he's just with like the world. <laughs> And, you know, when he goes swimming, he's just like, I'm going swimming, but he's not going to like it, you know, and he, like, gets all of his gear, and he's <laughs> fucking irritated by everyone around him and whatever, and then the moral of the story is you don't need all of this extra shit, you just need to be having fun in the pool with your mm. friends, you know. Angry Owl finds a hobby, you know, he eventually finds what he's good at, but he's got to go through all of this bunch of shit that he's not good at.
1: To figure it out. To figure it yeah. out, and
0: he realizes he's not good at everything, and he's got to practice, and then... Angry Owl His Tree is about the seasons, which also ends in a really lovely way. Aww. And it has to do with um, how each season has good things that you love. So basically through each season he starts to love it and he starts to love summer and then summer ends and he's just like, well, there's things that he doesn't like about summer Mm. and then it gets to the end and he had just gotten used to it and he's just like, well, fuck, I was just getting used to that and now it's like, now it's autumn and what's this? The fucking leaves are falling (laughs) off. Then he's like pissed off and grumpy about all the leaves falling off but then he starts to love autumn. But of course that doesn't last Last, because winter's coming. Which Which is very... Poignant because that's life, you know. That's life, yeah. And it's so, there's very cleverly veiled life lessons in this. And I must applaud old Karen, who is a stay at home mom with three boys, and she's pregnant with her next. She is making a team out there, guys. And I just hope that there's more Angry Owl books in the future. So Yeah. This was a lot. This is a lot and it's a lot for you guys to take in, but we're gonna get to our bottom line and trust me we're gonna put you in touch with um yeah all all of
1: all of these books. All
0: of these books and 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 how where to get hold of them
1: Right so there's so much there's, yeah, that is local lo- and that is authentic and not only has wonderful messages or lessons, but also appeals to the imagination and your child's creative thinking. Um, it's great. And it's most really importantly
0: nice. for me, we're a quarter of a century in to um, the new South Africa and diversity is important. Yes. You know? which is why um, I really love Emmy Sawtooth Mm. and why I love... uh, How many ways can you say hello? It just... um our kids are growing up in a much different world, and thank God for that. That's true, know? yeah. And I just love that um, people are sitting up and starting to take notice. And of course, like it doesn't only deal with like humans and people; it deals with animals. But that also again celebrates diversity. It's true, and the names of the characters in the books, because like if I just think of
1: once upon a book. Uh a bush school, there's Parker the porcupine, but there's also Mbali the elephant. So mm. it's really, uh, it includes uh, African names and it it really localizes what we're teaching our kids.
0: So cheers to these local authors. Mm. We're going to put everybody in touch. They're, you can get them from a variety of different places, online and in person. Um, and yeah, I just... I, I'm super excited. It's nice to think of your your Christmas shopping list
1: and know that there's these options out there.
0: Exactly. So we're gonna we're gonna touch base about what we're doing in the festive season. That's yes. gonna be whole, a whole other episode. But I have to say that in celebration of all of these books, what I'm gonna be doing is um, a special Advent calendar for Elijah. I was just thinking about that
1: last night because Josh, this morning, he opened his eyes and the first thing he said to me was,
0: Mommy, I
1: wish it was Christmas already. (laughs) I
0: was like, where is this coming
1: from? Well,
0: it's a month and then we can get started and I'm going to dust off my elf on the shelf. But I also need to start prepping because um, instead of a usual advent calendar that uh, you get like chocolate out of, I'm going to be wrapping 25 books. So from the 1st of December until the until Christmas Day, uh-huh, Elijah's going to be opening, opening a new book. A new book. Most of those books are going to be his existing ones because I don't stop buying books. I've got a problem. Mm-hmm. I've got, he's got too many. Mm.
1: Um, I've got the same thing. Like I'm running out of
0: space. Yeah. Mm. So... Uh, that's an issue but some of these local authors are going to get a call from me and um, I'm definitely going to be purchasing some of uh, the ones that really piqued my interest and I'll be wrapping them up as part of our advent calendar so listen I really think we need to keep talking
1: about this because yeah, I want to hear our listeners if there's any books that you have that you want to flag to us or bring to our attention or books that you love I had a I saw a post on social media on one of the mommy groups here other day someone was asking about a specific book which I'd never seen before but it was relating to dealing with and learning about emotions and automatically I was like oh yay I uh, posted the link to my feeling friends I was like I've been reading these to my kid they're amazing they've really been helping us cope and educating us and so if you have anything that you've been reading or not even that's just like related to like big emotions or lessons but really nice fun things that you've been reading with your kids let's keep talking share it with us tag us in a post on social media if you see it we want to hear from you
0: yeah guys um, you know you got to DM us those voice notes and um, you know just let's just keep talking Um, we're on Instagram at the great equalizer podcast and also just record one on your phone and you can hit us up over email if you prefer not to um, engage on social media that's cool too we are at Oh, no, we're at the greatequalizer.za at gmail.com.
1: Yes. So yeah. that's our
0: email address. You can tag us on Instagram at any time. If something funny happens or
1: you're having a bad mom moment, um, use the hashtags bombing at momming or bad mom moment. And remember to tag us when you do post about that because we want to see what your struggles, what your wins and your fails are so we don't feel so alone. Uh-huh.
0: And as we're closing up red October, we're heading into the festive season and the pressure is on.
1: Your support is so important to us. We say this every week, every like, every love. You have no idea. Sam and I get super excited. We discuss it. We feel like we get to know you. Mm. Um, and we realize that what we're doing here is our dream coming true when we have you interact with
0: us. Yeah, for sure. Guys, um, if you are enjoying us, please review us on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Facebook and just leave a little love note for us and if you want to hear more from us if you you haven't been listening and this is one of your firsts then go hit that subscribe button we're on spotify We're on SoundCloud and we're on Apple Podcasts as discussed. So if you do that, you will get notified weekly when our episodes get loaded. And the more we're seen, the better we can do in our podcast
1: content-wise and also the better we can be for you. Um, Who knows if you do uh, like it or share it or anything like that, um, you might put another mom in touch with with something or an episode of ours that, that might help her or to just maybe cheer her up because she can hear us laughing or crying about our sorrows and say fuck once or twice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I think that's it for this week. Just a reminder, if you have any books that you want to share, hit us up. We want to hear about it. Yeah, until next time, I guess. Keep your mom game strong.
1: For more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizerza.com or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. If you want something a little more personal, email us at thegreatequalizerza at gmail.com and we'll get back to you.